Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Welcome back to the show. Delighted to be with you again once again today as we look at claiming ownership and control of our operating and financial data. Ann Hollander is the CEO of Lobby CRE, a 30 capital company is making an impression in commercial real estate and tech as one of the few CEOs with a background in both real estate operations and rapidly scaling technology companies. She is an expert in strategic planning, partnership development, go-to-market execution, and venture investment across portfolios focused on real estate, technology, and financial services. So, Anne, take us into the conversation and share a memorable experience that helped you to be who you are today. Thank you, Alan. I very much appreciate being here today and certainly speaking with your audience as well. I love this question of a formative experience. I'm sure that you've heard a number of amazing stories here. While there have been many, I think I have to go back to my first ever real estate deal that I ever did as a formative experience. While it was not my first foray necessarily into real estate, my career in real estate started on the leasing and marketing side of a multifamily portfolio. The first ever real estate deal that I did, a a small commercial property here in Dallas, I think it was very much an eye-opening experience to just how much I did not understand about real estate at the time. Since then, there have been a number of deals. But you know, looking back on that very first deal, I think you probably <laughs> would say the same. I've learned a lot since then. Certainly, I went into the deal naive, not necessarily with the right people around me, and not thinking about the things that I should have been thinking about into the long term. I was treating it instead like I would other investments that I was more familiar with of a much faster turn and a much faster process. And since then, it's really opened my eyes not only to the role that people around me play in my own real estate investments, but also the role of technology in that investment. Being able to understand, manage that, and then of course, you know, driving the uh, returns back out of that. Certainly, you know, from from the time of my very first investment to where we're at today, technology has played a huge role. And happy to bring not only that experience, but all of that expertise on the tech side into this process today. So how did that first investment turn out? I still owned uh, the property, which is somewhat amazing to me. I was originally anticipating picking this up and, and turning it back over pretty quickly. If you're familiar with Dallas, the area of Deep Ellum, small asset that I picked up there, has increased in valuation so significantly over the last 12 years that it's not made sense to do anything with it other than appreciate the appreciation that comes in from that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it turned out okay, even though you were somewhat naive going into it. Well, Anne, let's get into our conversation here by, if you would just, first of all, just define for us what you mean by data ownership and how that really does affect real estate. Absolutely. So when we think about real estate, real estate 
state itself generates quite a bit of data. We think about this from an operational perspective. We think about this from a financial perspective. We can even think about this from a personal perspective of who's invested in the real estate, what their uh, profile looks like, as well as you know all of the uh, equity and return data that comes back out of this. And so when we think about the data that flows back and forth, historically, a lot of this is passed person to person and on paper back and forth between different parties. But as more technology solutions come into play and, and technology platforms platforms are built with this, data is being captured in in a way that makes it not only much more convenient to to use, but also begins to eliminate a little bit of privacy around it as well. And so when we think about data ownership, we think about this not only from the idea of owning a real estate asset, but also being able to own the data that flows into and out of that real estate asset itself. So can you Give us, I guess, just an example of how it is that we could lose that data or the ownership of that data and how it is that we actually can maintain the ownership of that data. Absolutely. So a great example of this would be, you know, in the ongoing management of the asset itself. So let's let's talk about property management for a moment. Typically and historically, all of the data with regard to marketing, leasing, brokers, any kind of tenant-related or renter-related data, as well as any financial outputs of, of all of this data, has historically been stored inside of what's known as a property management system. Property management system organizations, those tech companies that exist out there, are also able to harness and leverage this data to build additional tools to help increase the performance of a particular asset or portfolio, or in some cases, actually build new products and give deeper insights into that performance as well. This is not necessarily a bad thing. However, what this also tends to drive is owners and and operators having to pay again and again and again for access to their own data and all of the tools that get built in and around this. So let's take revenue management as an example. This is a a hot topic these days, especially in the multifamily space. If we think about the data that a revenue management tool is going to need, they're going to need rental data, occupancy data, leasing data, marketing data, uh, existing uh, from, from not only yourself, but everybody else that's around you in a market in such a way that it can be statistically significant to make predictions about okay, what, what rates should I charge? What rent should I, where should I set my rent? What is my price per square foot in this particular area? With this, they are selling your own data back to you, number one. And number two, they are oftentimes leveraging your data to help inform your competitors that may be across the street from you or other assets that are not part of your portfolio. Without ownership of this data, you have a, a lack of control to either stop this entirely or even begin, begin to mitigate some of the data that comes back out of this. In some organizations, what we have seen is that operators and owners in particular have taken more control of their data, seeing this as an enterprise level asset and a competitive differentiator for themselves. I'm not saying necessarily to wall yourself off from the world, but I do think that the conversation is incredibly important as to how you're creating value, what you're doing with that particular value, and of course, then what your competitors may be doing with this information as well. Well, that's an excellent example. And and thanks for clarifying that for us. Because yes, you do as an investor, you own the property, essentially, but you've turned over management to a property management company, a third party property management company. And yes, they have control of that data. So how do we as investor owners gain back control 
of all of that data. And as you just illustrated, there's tons of data that we typically do not have control over. Absolutely. I think that there are a a number of ways that begins with first asking for it. I think in a lot of cases, investors and owners in particular have significantly more power, especially when chatting with their property managers, their asset managers, or others who may be managing the money or or their investments um, to simply ask for this data, whether that be uh, with direct access to the tools that that those parties may be using, as well as then asking the question about who has control of this data? How secure is this data? The last thing that we want as an owner or an investor in a particular real estate asset is to allow a third party access to information that I deem confidential, or sensitive or private. The last thing that I want is for my colleagues, for example, to know just what my real estate investments actually look like um, without my, my CFO going through this information, without my COO going through this information and sanitizing it to a point where I'm more comfortable releasing this out into the public. Mm-hmm. Right, Privacy here, especially on the investor front, is paramount and ensuring that your partners that you're using to help manage this investment, manage this real estate, as well as the tools that they're using are abiding by this is incredibly important. Yeah, that is critical. I mean, and it's not that you don't necessarily want others, your colleagues and other people you're not necessarily necessarily hiding anything from them, but you certainly want it presented in a way that is amenable to you and to your organization. And if you don't have control of that, you just don't have any way and means of controlling that presentation process there. You're absolutely correct. My idea here is consistency. I want this consistently reported. And there are a number of things that could drive inconsistencies. So with everybody having their eyes and hands and ears in and around this, we are able to present that consistently uh, to avoid problems down the line. You mentioned that this is particularly disadvantageous to mid-market operators and not even to just mid-market, but to smaller operators. This is going to be extraordinarily disadvantageous, particularly when we're in an environment in this day and age where we find ourselves competing with institutional investors who have who have processes in place to probably already protect their data much more so than smaller operators have. So how is that more disadvantageous to us and how do we overcome those disadvantages? Great question here. So when I look at this, that disadvantage is, is simply in and around bargaining power. Right, a mid-market operator working in this space is going to have a, a not quite the bargaining power at the table with the, the tools or technology that they're using, as well as the other stakeholders that they're serving, to be able to necessarily adequately address this. And so, instead, what we have seen work with this is simply asking the question and beginning to ask the question and not stopping to ask again and again and again until you get an, to an answer that is satisfactory to you and your organization. You'd be surprised, even in the institutional space with institutional investors. More often than not, it is Excel spreadsheet with incredibly sensitive information flowing throughout their entire organization to where anybody who has access to a laptop, has access to a thumb drive, or can otherwise screenshot something, suddenly that information is out and available and and not only siloed in the tools that they're using, but then not being adequately protected in in any type of way. So in in some cases, you know, the institutional investors are, are struggling with the same problem as well in part because the vendors that they're working with, the technology partners that they're working with, aren't taking this particular issue seriously. 
I can certainly understand that. I mean, we take a lot of things for granted, it seems. And and as technologies are growing, there's just more and more capacity for the invasions of privacy and just the misrepresentation of a spreadsheet that could be very meaningful in the right hands, but in the wrong hands, it could be so misinterpreted in so many different ways and means there. So, Anne, you are up on the technologies. So what are the technologies or are there technologies developed that can help particularly mid-market operators to actually become more aware of the issue and once aware of those issues, what can they actually do about taking control of that? Sure. So a couple of ideas on, on this front. First is the idea of bringing your data together into one spot. And this is where we have seen in particular institutional investors uh, and institutional managers that begin to take quite a bit of action in that they are pooling all of their data that are coming out of their real estate assets and around the real estate asset into a singular spot. So at minimum, you're not having to try to secure a hundred different fronts. You're now trying to secure one. So with this, if there is a point solution that you may be using that is leveraging a little bit of data, your only potential loss of that data or loss of control is in just that piece of data itself. So pooling all of this data together and leveraging a platform that brings all of it together so that you can see the insights that come out of that data means that not only are you able to uh, take ownership and protect some of this data for your own advantage, but without the loss of any convenience or speed that you may be looking for as, as part of this as well, right? Traditionally, in this conversation, it's been one or the other. Right? You can have convenience and speed with a whole lot of risk on the other side that your data, you no longer own it, it's no longer private, it's no longer secure. Or you can have this, but at the reduction of a lot of speed, a lot of convenience, and oftentimes frustration for the, the teams and the managers that you have brought on to do this. Modern tools today are beginning to bridge this and solve this problem between the two so that you're bringing your data into one spot, that you have clear, defined ownership of that particular data and the value of that data, as well as then being able to leverage on top of this with all of the tools that still bring that convenience and that speed that we're really truly looking for here. So what I'm kind of envisioning here as you're talking about this is rather than the property management company utilizing their own property management software, we as the investor have the property management software in-house and we have a way and a means for the property management company to directly enter the debt, the necessary data into our property management system rather than theirs. Is Am I getting the picture correct here? Is that what's going on? At a high level, to a degree, yes. And so what we do here with Lobby CRE is actually give you that platform that sits on top of the property management system that's bringing in other data, other data sources in or around the asset itself or the portfolio itself. So things like debt information, your AM schedules, your loan covenants, understanding this, understanding your ownership contributions, the legal structures that are around this, portfolio construction, and understanding you know who owns what inside of a, a much larger org chart, understanding the distributions, when those distributions hit, the tax implications in and around this, insurance information, blueprints, all of the data that can come out of a real estate asset with a middle layer called Lobby CRE, then that is taking in all of this information 
and providing you the tool set to go and analyze it so that you're still maintaining a level of control over the data itself, but at the same time, uh, allowing everybody access to it that you deem appropriate. So you have full control of your individual data. Maybe your property manager can only see that particular property. Maybe your asset manager is only overseeing a particular geographic region. Maybe you have a partner, a JV or other investors in a deal that you only want to see certain parts of this information. Maybe your lender Mm -hmm. can only see uh, various pieces of this. So where you're still maintaining a level of consistency, in the experience and in the data, I mean, in the reporting that's coming back out of this, but also that speed to action that comes around it. So being able to see all of these things next to one another again. So it's a real integrated platform. At the same time, it's very integrated. It has tremendous amounts of diversity. And in terms of how, once the information comes in, there's diversity in terms of how it's distributed and Mm -hmm. to who and when and how all of that goes about. I guess another question I have here is you say that your platform sets above the property manager's own software. So from what I'm gathering from this is that that they are entering the data, the, the normal property management data into their own property management system. And then it is through technical mechanisms, it's automatically going into the lobby CRE platform. Correct. So the question I have here is, what prevents the property management companies from maintaining that information? Obviously, they are if they're entering it into their own systems. They have all of the data. What prevents them from using it in ways and means that are not in our best interests? So from the property management company in particular, they're still able to leverage the data that they are putting into the property management system as part of their normal standard operating protocols. They're still including their invoices into the accounting system. They're still keeping track of the walk-ins who are looking at space. They're keeping track of the leases and lease abstracts in that particular system and really focused very specifically on just the operations of that particular asset, which mm-hmm. is great. But coming up to the other layer, we're while Lobby CRE is pulling this information out of the property management system for an asset manager portfolio manager, an investor, an owner, et cetera, to use, this does accomplishes a couple of things. One, it lifts the reporting requirements off of the property manager, which means that the property manager now has more time and to do the job that they are supposed to do, which is operate the property, knock on the doors of tenants and be sure that things are good, fix the maintenance issue that may be going on spending more time inside of the property to create the environment that they're looking to create. This also then enables the owner, as well as any other stakeholder, to have access to this data in a much faster, easier way so that you can see it the way that you would prefer to see it rather than how the property manager wants you to see it. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Yeah. What you've given us, I think, a good idea on as to how this works So just actually, if you'll take a moment to really just tell us about your company, how your company functions, and how we as investors can interact with you. Absolutely. So Lobby CRE was established in 2019 and uh, is the uh, the result of a, of a long process over the last 25 to 30 years from our founder, Rob Finlay, who has been in commercial real estate, all types and forms, and is multi-generational within 
in commercial real estate. With this, we identified the problem of being able to create and store and leverage all of the data uh, that was being generated about an asset and trouble getting the level of reporting and the, the insights and actions that we needed to take in a way that was still convenient, but also then in control, secure, and frankly, fast. We wanted to see things a bit faster than what we were seeing before so that when we needed to pivot around what our operations look like, what our financials look like, what our debt obligations look like, or, or understanding what these and how these performance levers interact with one another. We were having a lot of very hard time, not only getting our hands around this information, but then actually doing something with it in a way that made sense. And so Lobby CRE was born out of this particular problem and one that I think many owners and investors have today. Today, we serve more than 600 folks across the mid-market CRE space. So most of our clients are, are below about $5 billion in AUM. And I'm very excited to continue to grow our platform and our presence in uh, this particular market space. This is the space that we know. This is the space that we trust. And this is also the space that has largely been ignored by other technology providers who have been more interested in serving the institutional side of the house, whether that be institutional managers or investors. And so here we are providing the same capabilities in an easy to use self-service format at a very small fraction of the cost uh, that has cost these institutional investors. And so I'm very proud of what we've created here and, and certainly proud of the results that we're driving and the outcomes that we're driving in performance for all of our, our mid-market operators, owners, and investors. Well, sounds wonderful. And so we will have all this information in our show notes, but just shout out what is your URL so they can get to you. Absolutely. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more, visit lobbycre.com. That's L-O-B-B-Y-C-R-E.com. Well, Anne, you have been operating since 2019, which is really a relatively short period of time. But what were some of your greatest setbacks in launching Lobby CRE and how were you able to deal with those and overcome those setbacks? Absolutely. So as, as many folks know, you know, starting a business and that first year of business is when we oftentimes learn the most about where we're at, who we're serving, what it is that we're providing to them. And so one of the major setbacks, of course, in going into business in, in 2019 and in that first year is, of course, hitting the COVID pandemic face first. With this, I think there was a, a great reset uh, that happened where everybody for several months froze and went, okay, what are we doing? What is the this look like? How are we going to operate in this type of environment? I think that we've learned quite a bit coming out of this, including the importance of managing and, and managing well and, and getting the visibility that you need to data around your real estate assets so that you have this with a level of, of speed and certainty about the things that you need to go and do to continue to drive performance out of that asset. As we look forward, we've seen a, a pretty significant market reset over the last three to six months. And I believe that we'll continue to see this reset, which is really going to put some pressure on many of our mid-market colleagues uh, with regard to how they're thinking about managing the cash flow, how they're thinking about managing their financial obligations, um, and access and visibility into this data, as well as taking control and ownership of it, is going to become very, very paramount. And so I'm very excited to partner with our, our clients who are coming on board, who are, are seeing the value of, of what we're doing here with Lobby CRE and how we can help them get to a place where they can continue to manage and optimize cash flows, even in a market where 
appreciation of the asset is not necessarily a guarantee. Well, enlightened investors, it has been an enlightening experience for me today, and I have learned a great deal and have been forced to actually think about things that I had not really considered, and they are critical and important things for us to think about and consider. So, Anne, thank you so much for being with us today, and enlightened investors, I'll be back with you in next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com. 